It's Monday, July the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, China removes Didi app and Taliban dictate tough terms. First, the world in brief. China's regulators banned Didi from the country's app stores, citing worries about cybersecurity risks posed by the ride-hailing firm's enormous pool of user data. Just days earlier, Didi had raised 4.4 billion US dollars in the biggest American listing of a Chinese firm since 2014. The Cyberspace Administration of China said it was also investigating two other Chinese app makers that had recently listed in America. The Full Truck Alliance, dubbed, quote, Uber for Trucks, and Kanjun, which offers an online recruitment service. The Taliban made further gains across northern Afghanistan. The insurgents captured districts in Badakhshan, as government forces fled to the provincial capital and into Tajikistan. The Taliban also demanded that every last American soldier leave the country by Joe Biden's September the 11th deadline or face consequences. About 1,000 troops were expected to be left guarding diplomatic missions and the international airport. The body set up to shape Chile's new constitution chose Elisa Loncon, an indigenous Mapuche woman, to lead the process. The inauguration of the constitutional convention was delayed over the weekend as protest marches organised by independent, left-leaning and indigenous groups turned violent. The country's current constitution was enacted in 1980 during the military dictatorship of Augusto Pinochet. The search for survivors resumed at an apartment building near Miami after its remaining tower was brought down by a controlled explosion. The demolition was conducted under the shadow of Tropical Storm Elsa, which threatened to endanger rescue workers. So far, 24 people have been confirmed dead following the partial collapse of the building on June 24th. Another 121 people remain missing. South Africa's Constitutional Court agreed to hear an appeal from Jacob Zuma against his 15-month jail sentence. In the past week, the country's former president was found guilty of contempt of court for defying an order to appear at an inquiry into corruption. The court gave him until the end of July the 4th to hand himself in or face arrest. Co-op Sweden closed more than half its 800 supermarkets after a cyber attack hit Kaseya, one of its software suppliers. The breach stopped many of its tills and self-service checkouts from working properly. The Swedish grocery chain is one of about 200 businesses thought to be affected by the ransomware attack on an American IT firm. The Vatican said that Pope Francis was, quote, responding well to an operation to treat, quote, symptomatic diverticular stenosis of the colon. It is the first time that the pontiff has been admitted to hospital since he was elected to the top job in the Roman Catholic Church in 2013. And 
Fact of the day: five million. The number of European Union citizens seeking to settle in post-Brexit Britain as of June 30th. They could become the country's largest block of immigrants. And now here's today's agenda. Taking off, Jeff Bezos's last day at Amazon. Amazon's founder will step down as chief executive today after nearly three decades in charge, though he will remain its chairman. The exit is well timed. Amid the pandemic, the e-commerce giant's revenues have reached a record high. But even as Jeff Bezos focuses on his flight into space on July the 20th, his successor as Amazon's boss, Andy Jassy, will have to start dealing with difficult earthly matters. These include regulatory scrutiny, labor unrest, and in some parts of its commercial empire, maturing businesses. Last week, Amazon filed a motion with the Federal Trade Commission, a consumer protection agency, seeking the recusal of its new chairwoman, Lena Khan, a prominent critic of Amazon from antitrust investigations of the company. Ms. Khan could block Mr. Bezos's last big deal as chief executive, the purchase of MGM, a Hollywood studio. Mr. Bezos may find it easier to escape Earth than Amazon will its problems. Jabberations: Brazil's vaccine scandal. Last week, opposition parties and civil society groups filed a quote super petition for impeachment against the president Jair Bolsonaro. And on July the second, the Attorney General's office asked Brazil's Supreme Court to investigate the president in relation to irregularities in a contract for 20 million doses of Covaxin, a vaccine made in India. A whistleblower from Brazil's health ministry testified to Congress that negotiations were handled by a firm that was under investigation for past deals involving drugs that were never delivered. The Covaxin jabs, which are yet to be approved by an important health regulator, were to cost more per dose than any other vaccine. Mr. Bolsonaro rebuffed accusations of corruption, pointing out that the jabs have yet to be imported or paid for. Despite pro-impeachment protests in hundreds of cities over the weekend, the head of the lower house of Congress, an ally of the president, said he will keep ignoring their petitions. Even so, the scandal looks set to endure. Selling off the family zinc, China's metal auction. In an attempt to slow rising metal prices. Today, China will auction off aluminium, copper, and zinc from its strategic reserves. Prices have been surging because of supply disruptions, increasing demand as the global economy recovers, and accelerating investment in green energy infrastructure. Since March last year, copper prices have shot up by around 90 percent. Zinc has risen by about 55 percent. Sell-offs such as today's are rare. China's most recent one occurred in 2010. The Chinese government has also been making other moves to steady prices. 
Last month, its economic planning agency vowed to tackle hoarding. Officials in Beijing have reportedly told state-owned enterprises to limit their exposure to overseas commodity markets. Analysts do not expect today's sell-off to significantly slow the rally, in part because the quantities being sold are rather small. The amount of copper on offer is the equivalent of just 2% of China's monthly production. Hard to swallow? AstraZeneca's bid for Alexian. The European Union's antitrust regulators will decide today whether to give a green light to AstraZeneca's takeover of Alexian, a Boston-based biotech firm. The deal, worth 39 billion US dollars, is the Anglo-Swedish drug maker's biggest acquisition so far. Alexion makes drugs for rare diseases. Its best-selling is Celeris, which is used against immune disorders. AstraZeneca hopes that Ultimiris, an improved version of Celeris, could be a money spinner too. Its more extensive distribution network in fast-growing emerging markets and China could help boost sales for Alexion, or so AstraZeneca claims to justify the deal. The European Commission can clear the takeover without strings attached, or it could make it contingent on the fulfilment of certain conditions. If it has serious concerns, it may open a four-month-long investigation. Britain's competition regulators are also reviewing the bid, but no serious difficulties are expected. The tie-up has already received the go-ahead in America, Brazil, Canada, and Russia. Vacation cancelled. NYC's summer school begins. Summer school is no longer just for swats. New York City. America's largest school district begins its new summer school program tomorrow to help children catch up on what they missed during lockdowns. All pupils can attend, and over 200,000 have enrolled, out of about one million. New York is not alone. A law passed in Tennessee requires all public schools to offer catch-up programs for six weeks over the summer. Dallas, Texas's third largest city, is offering summer schools as part of a program that includes extending the school year by as much as five weeks. A charter school in Indianapolis that enrolls mostly low-income students is offering summer school to children as young as four and five. Before the pandemic, America had a school year shorter than the average in the OECD. A club of rich countries. Many educationists are hoping that summer schools will help to place America higher in that class. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Jean Cocteau, who was born on this day in 1889. There are truths which one can only say after having won the right to say them. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, 
by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.